Hi, welcome to Pull Up A Copper. I'm June and I'm here today with Siobhan. How are you? Hey, how are you? I'm all good. I'm not bad at all, thank you. I'm not, I like yeah. your mug. You've got, a oh, Muppets, you've got a Muppets mug. To be fair, it's usually Disney, so... I've got I've got a lot, but they're all wrapped up because I'm um, moving flat soon. So I've got them all wrapped from when I moved from uni, and now I'm moving again. So I haven't bothered unpacking really. Mm. It's not worth it, is it? When you think, why why unpack everything? So did you just like a couple of favourites, or was this one well, already the, here? Well, the problem is, is I I'm literally so. I'm always moving and I had about three different bedrooms, one at my nan's, one at my house and one at, in Newcastle. So when I move all my stuff back, I've never got enough space for everything I own because I actually have enough stuff to fill three bedrooms. So I actually physically can't unpack it because I just take over the whole house. Um, so I've just gone through everything recently because I'm moving again in two more weeks So um, for work. So I'm just, yeah, a lot of my stuff's still wrapped up and put away. So... So you've got a Muppets, but it's Muppets, Muppets are good. I've got a... Well, I Saying that, Muppet, Muppets is Disney too. Muppets is Disney as well. <laughs> it is. I was going to say, because yeah. I've been in the Disney shop. And um, they do have all the the Muppet characters in there. Yeah. No, they're, in Disney World, they've got a Muppets ride. It's like a 3D uh, virtual thing and it's really funny so yeah they've got Muppets in Disney as well. I suppose it's not something I would have associated with Disney I know but Disney owned everything so <laughs> <laughs> they just took over the world one day so it's fine. It was very much when you suddenly realised if you were to put everything that Disney's made and then you've got the Disney worlds and then the shops and the merchandise and yeah, the channels. Yep. Yeah. It's never ending. Never ending. It's like an empire. Like when you work there as well, you do feel like it's an actual empire. It's actually insane. So they've just got, they just own endless amounts of stuff. So when you go to the parks and stuff, you always get such like a varied experience. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty cool though. You wouldn't believe the amount of stuff they own. Obviously now they've acquired Fox as well. Yeah. So their content just grows and grows. Um, so yeah, it's pretty interesting. It's brilliant. So do you have a favourite Muppet? I don't really like the Muppets. <gasps> so actually, you know, I'm just looking. So I've got like a Miss Piggy on here. But my um, friend when I was younger, she had this Miss Piggy like Teddy. And it, it, one night I was staying over and it fell down the bunk bed and was next to me in the bed. And I remembered I was terrified because I woke up to this Miss Piggy. So I used to be quite scared of her when I was little. So actually, I don't really like the Muppets. She just triggered very... off a memory there. And I was like, oh. Well, I don't know. Miss Piggy's very full on. Yeah, I know. Yeah, she likes to sing, doesn't she? she yeah, I'm not a Muppet good. person. Yeah. I, well, I like Animal. Mm. I like the drummer. Yeah. I like the band no. just because it's it's just full of like people that don't seem to fit into anywhere else. You probably, to be honest, I feel like the Muppets is a bit bit before me. To be honest with you, you see they've tried <laughs> to a little bit. It up. Yeah, I mean, I remember Muppets when it was puppets. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And then they brought it back as animated and everything, and it just wasn't the same. Yeah, no, it's not really not really my thing. So, what's your like? Your Disney go-to? Oh, my Disney thing is Frozen and Moana. 
hundred percent. Mm-hmm. my absolute favorite but i think i like resonate with the characters a little bit um just because they're quite like independent in the film so both of them don't they're not like attached to a prince or anything so i think it's quite yeah. interesting and they're slightly different from their family and they kind of go their own way so i don't know if it, that's why i really love the the shows but like they're them two are my favorite so they're yeah. my favorite princesses that aren't you know moana's not a princess she's a chief so she's it's pretty cool, isn't it? It's like female yeah. leader instead. I've got a bit. I like Moana. Mm. I do. And when she meets Maui, it's like, he's this great big, oh, look at me, I'm buff. But he's not exactly all that, is he? <laughs> no, I, I hope they bring out another film. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I reckon they would bring out another film. I, I have a feeling because, I mean, it did so well. I don't know if it would ruin it though. Like Frozen Two for me was better than Frozen, mm-hmm. so I don't know if it would ruin it if they went on with Moana. But the, the Frozen Two is amazing. Have you seen it? No, never seen Number Two. Oh, really, really good. Definitely watch it. Definitely watch it. It's mm-hmm. worth a watch. I went to see it in the cinema on opening night. That um, yeah, it's quite emotional. I don't know. I find them quite emotional. I get like resonate with them quite strongly. So I don't know. I love them. Um, I always have a thing about sequels. Will they ever live up mm. to the original? Anime? I saw Mary Poppins too. Oh, yeah, I saw that in Florida. I wasn't sure about it. I quite liked it. It was quite no, nice. I wasn't sure. But Mary Poppins is so iconic. Yeah. Well, Mary Poppins for me is like, so obviously when I applied for Disney, they sort of ask you, why do you want to work here and things like that? And a lot of it is, and I'm sure it is for everyone, is that it resonates really strongly with your family. So for example, for me, um, you know, I talked about how me and my granddad would watch Disney films together and I have really fond memories of family watching Disney and how that connected us as people. So for us, Mary Poppins was one of our things that we like to watch um, together. So for me, I think when you've got a strong like family collection to the film, the sequels are never quite, the same um but frozen 2 is really good but mary poppins second one i didn't really enjoy but that was because i think the original was such a big thing in my childhood with my granddad um so yeah i I wasn't keen on the second one yeah that's it i mean and then they go and do remakes of films Mm. and because as you say because you're so like enamored with this original um something Mm. i don't know i'm just i mean I saw, I mean, I, I, for me, it's Lion King. I absolutely yeah. love Lion King. Yeah. It, it just shows the, the resilience of children. Yeah. See, I, but the live action one, for me, that just doesn't do it. I just don't like the live actions either. All the new live actions they brought out, the only one I like is Lady and the Tramp. Yeah. yeah. I'm just not sure. It's just weird. I'm just not, not keen on the... Even the new Aladdin, I mean, I've tried to watch it and I'm a massive Disney fan. I haven't watched it all the way through yet and I don't know why. I just don't think I'm like connecting with the the remakes of them, the way they're remaking them. Because they, they just change so much. I know. Yeah, they are. But the, the lessons of Disney are like what sit with people, I think. And uh, I just think sometimes, like, especially for me, um, I used to watch Frozen a lot when my granddad died. And I think for me, it gave me a break from reality. Yeah. So, you know, when you've got a lot going on around you, just the lessons of it or the 
I don't know the simplicity of it, but the how you know clever it is. You can get quite absorbed into that, and that kind of mm. takes you out of what problems you know are going on in the real oh, world. Yeah. So I found it helps with my mental health a lot. So. Oh, definitely. And yeah. I, I do it with music a lot because I've got songs that I know. Mm -hmm. If I'm in a certain frame of mind, yeah, it'll help ground like ground it, ground me. Yeah, um, definitely. I was having a tough day the other day and I just put my Spotify on and just um, shuffled. Yeah. And I got four songs, one after another, that were not the right songs for that time. Yeah. And you know, when you just, you look at your phone and you go, are you for real? You know, what are you trying to do to me? But it literally <laughs> shook me out of it because it almost got, my phone was actually wallowing in it. Yeah. <laughs> So I had to go and search for the songs then that I know will bring me up. Yeah. You know what? I, I love music and it, it definitely helps me, but it's not my kind of go-to. It's quite hard, I think, when, you, when you're trying to think of something when you sort of feel a bit low, something that's going to pull you out. I mean, there's always all these techniques people talk about and things, but sometimes you just, you know, when you're in that frame of mind, you don't even necessarily always want to come out of it. Do you know what I mean? Some days you just, you need to take a day where you just sort of allow yourself to be sad, like allow yourself to cry or let your emotions out and actually face, you know, what's been building up potentially for a long time. Oh. So I know what you mean about music. Music's a big thing for me, but, you know, I've been sort of trying to keep a routine, especially in lockdown with, um, I've got my indoor plants that I like watering every day. I do um, cooking, I cook the dinner for the family. So I like cooking I've started reading again for fun, which as you'll know, like as a uni student, you just stop reading for fun because you just read all the time anyway, academically. Um, so I've started reading again for fun and things like that. So keeping a routine can help, but um, I love music. But for me, I don't know, I don't have that like playlist that I go to really. Yeah, yeah. So reading for fun, I couldn't yeah. even tell you the last time I did that. Oh my god, you need to. Like, I've just fallen in love with reading again completely. And I'm reading so many random different things. So, like, I've read one that was like about this woman who was with this guy and he had this like second life. He was telling her he was like an MI5 agent. And it's so believable that this poor woman who was married to another woman, he got her in lots of debt. And, you know, it's like the typical, like, fraudster story. But a lot of the stuff, I mean, some of it, you're like, really, did you fall for that? But you just can't imagine in her position, she had kids with him and everything, and how some of the things would line up and make it so believable. So I go from something like that all the way to reading, I don't know, the new Hunger Games book that just came out, um, the Songs and Snakes or Songbirds and Snakes. I've just, I finished that a little while ago. And then, you know, another day I'll be reading, so at the moment I'm reading the story of that girl, Natasha, that was kept in the cellar in Austria by the guy for 10 years. Big, big story that came out. So I read like real life stuff and fiction and it's all just sort of, it all mixes in. And I sometimes I'm reading four books at once, so. Yeah, but that's the joy of reading. You read something because you fancy reading it. Mm -hmm. So instead of, limit, it's like music, instead of limiting yourself to one genre, yeah. If you like the look of it, read it. Exactly. And it's better than a film. Like, I've completely gone off Netflix. I've just, to be fair, just started getting back into it. But, I mean, with lockdown, I feel like everybody exhausted Netflix, completely exhausted it. And sometimes I just struggle to find what I want to watch. 
The other thing is I like watching crime documentaries, but sometimes they're too heavy. So I tend to always find myself looking at documentaries and then I'm drawn back into that again. So actually to read a book that's a bit more light or um, sort of interesting, I've read Gone Girl recently and obviously the film's out, but reading the book itself, you can go down the charity shop, you can buy a book second hand, 50p, and it'll give you days worth of enjoyment and it's more detailed than watching a film but it's like watching a film so I just don't know why people don't do it more often yeah and I mean you read that book and then you watch the film all the other way around yeah when you read that book you've got what's going on in their heads Mm -hmm. and there's always bits in the book that they never put in the film so much though they miss so much and when you watch it back you're like there's, there's this whole this whole bit missing and why would they miss that and it's really frustrating yeah because um, you loved it and it tied in something for you yeah but I went crazy I mean because obviously in lockdown we couldn't go out so then all of a sudden I started buying all these secondhand books on Amazon and before you know it I think within a week I bought 25 so everyone thinks I'm crazy because I've got all these books and they're like when are you going to get through them all but I'm gradually getting there but I've got stacks of books now in my room so I've got like a list ready to go through so like for example I've bought all seven Game of Thrones books which I can imagine are going to be amazing but I haven't even made a start yet so <laughs> lots to do but it's nice because it keeps you tied over and as I said it doesn't cost a lot of money you can go to the charity shop for 50p a pound and buy a book uh-huh. And it gives you so much pleasure. Like if you buy a piece of clothing, it might cost you 10, 20 quid, maybe more. And you wear it once and you're done with it. But with a book, it just gives you hours of entertainment and on your own. So you're not relying on having to socialize with other people because you're enjoying something that you're doing alone, which mm-hmm. I think is quite healthy for your own, your own happiness, you know? Yeah. And you can do it quietly because sometimes you mm-hmm. don't even want any background noise or any, um, music and headphones and you just absorb yourself into it exactly it's i find it really relaxing so i did start a project um in lockdown which was trying to get a little reading nook designed but as i said obviously i'm moving in a couple of weeks so even when we move into the new flat um up in uxbridge it'll just be nice to have like a little space where i can just do my reading so i definitely i'm looking at designing sort of a corner or whatever and it's it's about taking yourself to that relaxing place Mm -hmm not being interrupted and just being able to absorb yourself in a task. I think it expands your knowledge, but not only that, it gives you time to actually like reflect on yourself and sit and have time and relax. Um, I literally can't advise it enough. I think it's given me like a calmness and just like um, a happiness that I haven't had in a long time that, you know, you don't have to go out and socialise. You can do something on your own and really, really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But also, if you have a book that you really, really love, you can then share it with somebody mm-hmm. else and pass yeah, it on 100%. and say, oh, my God, because, you know, you love this book. Yeah. And no, then 100%. Yeah. You're all sharing in and then you're passing on that 50p book. Yeah. And somebody exactly. else is going to get the joy of it. Yeah, that's exactly it, really. It's just uh, making it work. I mean, with lockdown, it's a bit sad because a lot of book clubs and stuff have moved online and tried to figure out a way of doing that kind of thing. I know a lot of people have put out there about doing it and then it hasn't worked out or they've done it in a different way. I've been following a few um, like book Instagram pages and they're doing some interesting stuff, but I just think it really shows. And like, especially for me, it's been like such a 
relief and like um as i said it's like a way to get away from reality for a second and actually spend some time but i know for me particularly it was one of them things where i've always been a massively extroverted person and i was suffering from how other people were sort of treating me whether they were contacting me not contacting me um you know whether i was out socializing it was just other people were affecting my mood a lot and i would actually say that i didn't realize i'm actually much more introverted than i ever thought i was because i've found all these new hobbies i enjoy doing alone and i really i would actually sometimes prefer to be at home cooking or reading than i would to be out socializing and i'm i'm balancing my time a lot better now because of it that's really good so yeah it's interesting yeah do you think it's something that you'll be able to carry on with? Oh, 100%. I, I think I need it. I think it's, like, good for me mentally to do that. Um, I just think, yeah, I think I need it. I'm definitely going to try and carry it forward. My worries, obviously, as I'm sure everyone else is, what happens when we go back to busy life and all of a sudden there's not much time for these kinds of things anymore? And it's about creating time and remembering that, you know, sitting and reading a book or spending a couple of hours cooking a dinner that's new, exciting, you know, you might have to go out and get the ingredients and whatever and spend a few hours cooking it, but the actual pleasure that you get from doing it and the, the knowledge you can gain from that, because people yeah. underestimate them kind of skills. So, you know, it's making time for that stuff again and not sort of, you know, spending, it's easy to spend time sitting down the pub instead with your friends, you know, but it's balancing that all out to make it work for you. It's nice as well to do something for you. Mm-hmm. And I think we are all guilty of not putting ourselves first at times and putting yeah. everybody else before us. And then I suppose you, you lose like a purpose for you. I mean, yes, you've yeah. got maybe, you know, SU rep balls and things, and you, but it's just nice to then have something that you can say, well, this is me. I yeah. Yeah, and I've never, I mean, I know obviously you're into drama and when I was at school, I did dance, I did drama, I did a lot of sports. So I was a very active person. And then I found myself swaying into more academic subjects. And obviously now I'm doing business, so I use my brain a lot, but I sit on my bum a lot. So I've, I've kind of done a complete U-turn as to how I was as a child. And it's one of them things where I was never a really creative, I mean, I, I'd like to say now as an adult, I'm not a very creative person. But you have to try these hobbies to see if you like them. So like, for example, when I move, I'm planning to get some um, watercolour paints and things like that and see whether I'm any good at painting. I don't know. Maybe I'm not. You know, I've got on my um, vision board to do guitar lessons, singing lessons, because they're things that I think I want to try and I might enjoy. And it's not about whether you're good at it or not good at it or whether you bracket yourself as a creative person or a non-creative person. It's about trying these things and seeing how they make you feel. And that's, yeah, that's basically what I've been doing through lockdown, trying different things, seeing what works for me and what's, what's good for me to carry on in the future, basically. Yeah, and I think there's this importance around having to be good at something. But if you sit with a set of watercolours because you want mm -hmm. to try it, you're not going to see if you're any good at it. For me, you want to see if you enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. And whether it potentially it could be quite good for, you know, like a emotional release or whatever you, do, yeah. you don't know. You know, I used to dance. That used to be my thing. I always danced and I haven't danced for a long time because I've got really bad hypermobility from dancing. So it causes me a lot of pain. 
So I don't dance, I don't play any sport anymore. So I've lost that emotional release. And I think it's taken a long time to realize that I haven't had that there, that place where I used to go to, to kind of let all of my feelings out because I am quite a guarded person and I don't sort of cry in front of other people. I'm quite strong and as you said, for people around me, I'm always doing stuff for them. I don't really put myself first. So I think it's important just to like try things and see what works for you. I mean, it can be as simple as you just enjoy it, or it could be something that's really therapeutic. Um, so yeah, and especially this is what I was going to say. So you'll probably understand, I know you're going back to study at Northumbria, but coming out of uni, it's almost a little bit of an identity crisis because for the last four years, I've been a student, I've been a Northumbria student, I've been a business student, I've been someone who helps at the SU, I've been someone who helps other people, you know, and all of these sort of things that I would define myself as are now slightly changed. You know, I'm not a student anymore. I'm going into the world of work, which is scary. I'm earning for the first time. I'm now becoming someone who's privately renting, which I've never done before. I'm an adult, you know, and it's, it's kind of scary to see the change and go, right, so now what is my thing? Because that yeah. might have been my thing before, but now where do I go? Mm -hmm. And there's a point where you have to say, I'm not that student in invert in yeah. commas. And you go, so who, who am I? That was me as a student. Yeah. Who am I? Post student life. And, and you can't strange just find yourself straight away. No, but it's also a strange concept. Cause I mean, in human resources, we study a lot on identity and you would think identity is like someone's personality, but it's not, it's completely different. It's basically, if you was to ask me sort of who I am, what, my, what I identify as, I might tell you, I identify as a white British woman, I identify as a student, you know, I identify as an aspiring CEO, director, you know, I can be all these different people, and not people, but all these different identities and bring it into one. So things that you do in your life, you absorb into your identity. So sometimes when your circumstances change, your identity changes. And it's, it's a weird concept that identity is not personality. So your personality may stay the same. You're not sort of letting go of anything, but you, the way you would describe yourself to others and the way you may see yourself is slightly altered. Um, and then on top of that, specifically for me, because I got a um, new mental health diagnosis of um, borderline personality disorder. And with that comes a struggle in understanding your identity. So when there's big changes in my life, it's particularly a struggle for me. So it's trying to find these new things that maybe I would like to identify as. Um, it's a very strange concept to get your head around, but it's, mm -hmm. you, you can kind of resonate with how it would make you feel, you know, when you kind of come out of one phase of your life and into another. Yeah, and it's a case of, I think, when we've defined ourselves by, as you say, I'm a student, this, 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 mm. almost like, I mean, I, I hate the word labels, but we've given ourselves yes. these little names, these definitions. Mm -hmm. And then in one day, they're stripped, you're stripped of them all. Yeah, it's gone, it's gone. And that's because you have this almost pressure from society and others of how do you explain yourself? How do you show yourself within words rather than just kind of being and people sort of knowing you? For example, like you go for a job, obviously you use these kind of things to explain your situation and who, who you think you are. So. It, it's, it's a very strange concept, but it's really interesting. There's a lot of research specifically on identity, a lot, and it's a big thing within human resources. It's very sort of psychological and very sort of deep, um, but it, it, 
it alters a lot of how people behave, how they see themselves, how they interact with others, behaviours. Um, so yeah, it's a really interesting concept. But as you said, once you pass one stage of life, you've almost labelled yourself. And as you say, you're just stripped straight away. And then, then who do you say you are? Yeah. That's it. I mean, with me going to university as a mature student, um, I instantly had that label put on us. Yes, yes, definitely. But I, I still retained my other labels of I'm a wife, a mother, a grandmother. Yeah. Um, I'm a dog owner and all of these things, yeah. which I'll still retain after university. But yeah. for students who go in straight from A-levels, they haven't had a chance to develop any other of any of these definitions beforehand yeah it's very early on in your in your sort of life to still see who you are like I'm I'm st I will admit like I'm very excited to start work but I'm terrified and you know even for example thinking of saving for a deposit I'm 24 this year and I've only just started my career I'm only just starting to earn where do I find 20 to 80 grand for a deposit you know because I've done uni and I've almost I've missed earning time in a sense. I would never, ever say, you know, I'm, I'm so glad I went to uni, but now I'm in a position where these are worries that I didn't have when I was at uni. And now I feel like, oh, I'm a bit on the back foot or whatever. I don't really know how I, you know, I know how I perform at work. I don't really know where I want to go with my work. You know, this big company I'm coming into, there's a lot of unknowns. And it's like you said, you're developing them things about yourself what do you actually want from your life how are you going to move forward what are you going to identify with next so it is a lot of unknown when you're quite young I think and just come out of uni yeah you, you come out going well I know all of this now and you you, you put almost that a new label mm -hmm. on yourself as I am graduate yeah but it's that transition from graduate into work and then to stop thinking of yourself as a as a student as like a graduate and a student must be so yeah. hard yeah I mean I think it's daunting I think once once I get into work and I sort of settle almost because at the moment obviously with lockdown and then the fact that it's summer and there's not much going on I start in September so it's it's only two weeks away but I think once I get to that stage I'm gonna it's, still, it's just gonna happen naturally it will yeah. happen naturally I don't think it's something to worry about but we're all human and we all worry about these things. So, of course, because it's fear of the unknown. And I was exactly the same right before I moved to Florida for a year. I mean, I didn't know whether I was going to enjoy it. I was away from all my family. I was working for this huge corporate company that I thought potentially could be terrifying because I could be a very small person in a very, you know, little fish in a big pond. And that's how it feels again. I'm going back through that. Um, but I, I know it would happen naturally and I'll be happy, but it's just the fear of the unknown. And I think everybody has that, the fear of change, but you know that it's going to be so positive and that's what keeps you going. Well, that's it. It's a, just a new aspect of your life. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You're going to embrace and find your yeah. way through because nobody else's way will be right for you. No. No, exactly that. And I've, I've definitely started to get to the point. I mean, we've had a lot of time to think in lockdown too. And I've been thinking about other people's opinions of where you should be in your life when you're a certain oh. age. And when's the right time to have children? When's the right time to buy a house? When's the right time to get married? And all of these sort of expectations and like faults of what you should do in your life. And I've just been trying to let go of the not the stereotypes but the opinions recently because I'm obviously trying to think 
I'm not trying to plan everything in my life, but I'm, ha I'm trying to think of goals that I want to achieve. So like, for example, maybe three, four years time, I would like to get engaged. Um, I would like to get married and I would like to have children. So I'm thinking, you know, when, when do I want to have these sort of things? It's just a plan, you know? It's like, if you want to do that, you have to save up money for these sort of things. So I'm thinking about potentially what I want. And, you know, I just feel like other people have quite a strong opinion on when you should be doing what. Oh, yeah. And I felt it, yeah, I felt it recently. I, I feel like a lot of my family, for example, really want me to push my career. Um, and I definitely feel that, like that pressure to make sure that as a woman as well, that my career doesn't slip. Mm -hmm. It's just, a, it, you know, it's just one of them things that, you know, when you start planning and stuff, you do, you do think about, and I'm sure you know, because obviously you're already a mum, so. Yeah, but you do it when you're ready. Yeah. You will know. Exactly. You can't say, I'll know in three years, I'll know in 10 years. You'll know. You know, the other thing as well is like, if you think about it, it's, you, you know, before a lot of things were left to chance and now we can literally plan out like every inch of our lives. So like, for example, if I wanted to have a baby, I would have to physically come off my contraception. It's not just something that's just going to happen. I have to make the decision to do it. You know, before, in a past life, it wasn't really like that, you know? There wasn't much around in, in that sort of sense. Yeah. And things would sort of happen by chance and you just deal with them and you, you, would, you would, like, have this thing. But I feel like now we just have so many ways to plan every inch of our life. It almost makes me feel stressed. Yeah, which is why, I don't know if it's good to have a little bit of chance in your life. A hundred percent. A hundred. I think, I think it is. I think just not having to plan everything. It's nice to have goals and say, Oh, I'd like to achieve this. Of course. Cause it keeps you going. But I just think it's strange that we, we can literally, there's so much research out there. You can pick everything. Now you've got all the mm -hmm. transport available to you. You've got all the, the sh all the shops, all the food, yeah. everything you'd ever want on your doorstep. So you have to pick everything now, you know, it's not like you're just, you know, if you want to find a man, maybe go on a dating app, you know, it's all at the comfort yeah. of your home. You don't have to go down to a local place and bump into someone anymore. Yeah. It's all very superficial. And it's, I don't know if we've gone too far in that sense sometimes. Yeah. Well, I think what I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a bit of chance into my life from this. I'll tell you what we'll both do. Next time we go to a charity shop, we are yeah. going to buy a book Mm -hmm. and it is going to be the shelf that's exactly eye level for you right and it's going to be the third book from the left right okay absolutely eye level and the third from the left Sounds and we'll good buy that me. book yeah and then I, i'll send you mine and you send me yeah yourself. and i'll have to and yet we'll have to read it yeah exactly Definitely. And I love it. I love giving. I think it's kind to give books yeah. and stuff as and well. If so it's, it's a low shelf, we've got to physically mm -hmm. sit on the floor to find eye level. <laughs> because if it's because the might be yeah, but normally they're on reasonable like eye level bookshelves. Yeah. I have visions of me trying to sit on the floor in the middle of a in the middle of a charity shop going, but I need the the book at eye level third from the Literally. left. <laughs> and we'll just no. say in that way we're not going out going i want to read a book about xyz yeah. yep. we're just, just gonna go i want to read school. a book a yeah, book and old school paper books i don't like all these electronic ones a proper physical yes. paper book it's great yeah, yeah. we we'll definitely and, do that and we'll do that and we'll just pick up the one at eye level on the third 
third yep. from the left and we'll see what we get yep definitely <laughs> could be interesting it could be very interesting. it could be very interesting <laughs> oh god we could end up with a selection well there was three charity shops in a row so i did each yep. of them no, I've, I've got one round the corner in my village, so there's no there's no choice there. It's completely chance. I'll go round there and we'll see we'll see what they got. Well, I've got I've got two within walking distance. Yeah. Um, and then I've got a St Oswald's up on like Kenton Industrial Estate. Um, so I'll go to one of those. Yeah. And I'll or if I'm in town, I'll go into one of those and I will pick up that book. And I'll send you a picture of it. Interesting. Let's see what <laughs> happens. That's it. And we'll see what we end up reading about. Yeah. <laughs> Siobhan, this has been brilliant. Thank you so much. No worries. Right. You take care. And I'll, I'll hopefully have a nice catch up with you again sometime soon. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Right. Take care. Take care. See you later. Bye. Bye.